Hello and welcome to all of our two and four-legged listeners. It's Nathan here from Right Paul. Welcome to What the Bark. And we are joined today. I feel like we've got a guest today, not oh, just a regular, stop, not our regular co-host, but we've got a, a jetting in from the US, back from his recent uh, expedition to the National uh, Dog yeah. Show in Philadelphia. George, welcome. Welcome back. Nathan, good to be back. Hopefully everyone was following me on social media. Yeah, you're, and, you know, up to you're the celebrity. Just, let me tell you, Nathan, it was beautiful. Yeah, for those that want to know, I was in the US attending the National Dog Show, which is hosted by the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, and it was six days of just absolute fun. Let me tell you, Nathan, we're going to have a great chat. This was one of the biggest shows I've ever been to. And, you know, yeah. George has it's been... It's a different everywhere. scale. I mean, the USA, yeah. Americans do it bigger. Bigger. You know, it's different yeah. scale. And so people go, what's the highlight of this show? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like any... And the reason why it was very attractive... So mm-hmm. for those listening, Orivet was one of the main sponsors. Of course, we didn't invest the money that Purina did, who was the main sponsor, but we were the second biggest sponsor there, which meant we had a really nice setup there. It is the only show in the US or one of the few shows where the dogs are benched. So what that mm, means Yeah, is, well, tell me what that means. Well, good on you, because I only found it. it. means the dog cannot leave until the day is finished. It doesn't matter if you win or lose, you must come at 8, and you can't leave until 5.30. So the breeders must stay there all wow. day. That's like and, a... I mean, why, why do they do that? What's the, the reason for that? Good question, Nathan. One, because, hey, it gives them plenty of chance to come and talk to George and Orivet. Well, that's always a pleasure. No, no, it's a pleasure. No, it's because they want the public to be able to come in and view and meet and greet the breeders and the breed. Makes perfect sense. That's a great thing because, you great. know, the worst thing is you go to a show and, you know, it's, you get there in the afternoon and all the breeders have gone. If they haven't won, yeah, then yeah, you don't get to see Nathan. anyone. By two o'clock, everyone's gone. So what they did is they even had they had security guards at the doors. <laughs> you couldn't leave. Gosh. People trying to get out with their trolls are going, no, you must stay. So we also had over just over the breeds. So wow. think about it, 200 breeds all at one show and over 2,000 members and dogs. It was huge. Gosh, and this was over six days that you were there. So what happened is it, the 14th was the media day mm-hmm. and then so I was there on the 14th. I met all the huge celebrities. Uh, Nathan, let me tell you, <laughs> I met, you know, David Fry and I met, what's the gentleman from? I need to know, remember his name, the gentleman, John O'Hur. Mm. Now, has anyone... I thought you were about to say John, John Bryson. Yeah, well... <laughs> He is, he is the John Bryce, Bryson of the US. He's basically, so what happens is on the Saturday, the whole show is filmed in this huge TV arena. Wow. Because it is screened after the Macy's Day Parade on Thanksgiving Day. Wow, and that's on CNBC. streamed all around, all around the totally. state. Wow, that's, oh, a, it, that's huge. So one of the presenters is... Best known as Jay Peterman on Seinfeld. That's right. I yes, John I recognise him. Yeah, is John he, Hurley. Yes. Yes. That yes. name rings a bell. And so he was one of the commentators. 
together with David Fry, who walks, or who sits there, and there was also the other, who was a name. I'm trying to look. I'm always, I'm always good at this, but I'm always forgetting the third person, which Mary Carrillo. That was her, Mary uh-huh. Carrillo. David Fry, great guy, and we hit it off. David and I hit it off really well because at the media launch, he was he was sort of there walking around. I was talking to someone, and you know. The Americans have a way of introducing themselves where he, yeah. he came up and he gave me his hand. He goes, David Fry. And I said, no, no, I'm George Sofronides. I don't know where David is. He's walking around somewhere. And he goes, no, no, I'm David <laughs> That's the, the, the Americans are also big and bold. They just get in there. They yeah, love an love introduction. It. Wow. So you were rubbing shoulders with some of the, you know, the, hoi, you know, the, the you know, hoity-toity members of the, oh, the Kennel Club. It's very cool. You think they were rubbing shoulders with me? <laughs> rubbing shoulders so, with you so so great event i saw lots of dogs Orivet mm. was a main sponsor and so you know what i wanted to sort of let australian breeders know is guess what these american breeders into dna testing just like australians are i was a bit you know i was i went there sort of open mind didn't know what was going to really happen were they going to engage were they going to come over and ask about testing and they did wow inquisitive bunch brilliant show so i set myself some goals Mm. at the show which is of course like everyone knows nathan george was going to talk so let me put it to you. So yeah. say if right if 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 right Paul was going to be at this show, mm. and you usually go to a show, you know what what, is, what do you look for in return? What do you think you want to get? If yeah, if I mean, you, you want to meet people. You want to you know make connections with different breeders. You want to you know try and build some relationships. I think you know that's the main reason you go to shows is to to learn from the breeders, but also to meet some great breeders as well. And hopefully, correct. yeah, you can educate them a little bit about you know and that's exactly what i did and you know what nathan they love an australian yeah they love an aussie accent accent you know look i don't get much crocodile dundee i get a bit of who's the other guy that was oh god you know chris hemsworth no the crocodile (laughs) Ah, steve Irwin. steve Irwin. Nothing about Hemsworth, but you're right. You go there to talk to them, listen to what turn, what sort of trick, what sort of what they look for, and paint a picture for us. You know, for the listeners, like so, what what did the Oravet setup look like? Who was there with you? You know, what 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 did it look like? So, as you know, Nathan, nothing beats the colour purple. Yep, it it sort of blings at you. Yes, good standout. We we had a. And I'm, I'm going to stick to metres because the Americans still go feet, but I like to say, you know, three by six metre display open right next to the breeder stand. We had mm-hmm. all the iPads where you could ask. We had a little quiz going where anyone could... It was sort of eight questions about dogs. You had to answer them, and that went into a raffle where the raffle then gave a, a, a prize of up to $500, which was a $250 gift card plus all these other goodies. We had... Listen to this for giveaways. A shout out to Lisa Guccione, our managing director in the US. Brilliant giveaways. And if you're going to invest some money, Nathan, you're going to get giveaways. I I recommend you get something that breeders would use and want. Forget pens. Forget bandanas. You know, we've all done that. We've all wasted money on pens and bandanas (laughs) and given them away. You've You've got the next level. Yep. I recommend Lisa had these fantastic little pen size lint rollers. 
You know when you get all that hair on you and you're looking for... Oh, I've got about five of them just in my cupboard for the dog. Like, it's they're, they're a lifesaver. And then the other little giveaway was, effect again, were, was a tape measure. You know, making sure your dog's up to standard, measuring it. Breeders really love that. We had some really nice reference books. We had, what else did we have? Lollies. Yep, everyone loves a good lolly. For any, yeah, any little or sweets, as they up. call them yeah, in the sweets, US. Sweets, candy. Candy. Because the kids would all come up. And then we had all our, our stands set up. We had the kits there. It was, look, I set myself two goals mm. because this had never been done at a US show. One of them was to swab a dog live at a show. You know, yeah. the Americans, they're fearful of, you know, being sued. Ooh, mm. a dog bites me. Mm. Ooh, you know, can't you swab? So I said to Lisa, let's forget it. Let's do it. Let's swab. So George, you know, would sort of say, oh, have you got your dog here? Let's swab it. Mm. Because there's another important thing with swabbing, the collection method. Yeah, absolutely. So you can demonstrate there's nothing to fear. You know, it's easy no, to do. Isn't. It's easy to do. And if a dog, if a dog looks like it's going to be aggressive, you let the owner collect it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we did, I think we did about nine dogs. So, Brilliant. Which was, which was never done before. You know, usually we're lucky to do, we don't do, at least it doesn't do any because of the whole, well, they will yeah, there's a, always a risk, sort. yeah. Yeah, brilliant. That's great. That's fantastic. And then my highlight was mm. I wanted at the end to make sure I swabbed the best in show winner. Uh, yeah, I saw this. You posted about it. Was it so this was the Sealyham uh, Terrier. Is that right? Correct. Beautiful, Beautiful dog. dog, yeah. The word going around, Nathan, was it was... Quietly, it was the one that was the one to beat. So it was a bit of a, you know, it wasn't yeah. the dark horse, it was the favourite. No, favourite, sort of got in the ring, smaller breed, as you know. So it was really funny the way I got to swab this dog. I didn't really I didn't really get to meet uh, Margot until, you know, when you're at these shows, you've got to wheel and deal. Yeah, you got to, you know, try and get, get through to, the, you know, there's security, you say, you got to get through oh. to the, you know... To the key breeders so, at the time. Know, I had a, had a gentleman who came up to me and he's, you know, I, I'm no good at American accents <laughs> and his whole thing was, you know, I hear you're looking for some control samples. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, who's talking to you? He goes, well, I've got some Amstaffs and I've got some Cavaliers. You sound like you're dealing drugs. You're like, oh, look, sounds like it's some kind of drug deal going on in the back here. You know, I've got some control samples. I hear you're looking for this and that. Well, it was a bit like that. He goes, I hear you're looking for some... And I, I go, I goes, you need carriers. And I go, yeah, have you got any? He goes, yeah, I've got, I've got six Amstaffs for Cerebella Ataxia and I've got four Cavaliers, you know, for, I think it was Curly Coat Dry. And I said, oh, yeah, that's fine. He goes, yeah, but what am I going to get in return? I go, oh, you're getting true. four... Yeah, he's, he's, he's hitting me up for a couple of free tests. So I go to him, all right. What about I give you two free tests? And he goes, oh, mate, I, I need more. And I said, mate, you've come to me. I'm giving you 10 swabs. Yep. I'm giving you four for free. What are you going to give me? I said to him. So I, I sort of put it back on him. And he goes, mate, you're talking to one of the, you know, the real, the people that knows everyone. And I said, well, you haven't given me anything. He goes, what about if I get you the best in show winner? Wow. God, he really was like your little drug dealer around there. Yeah, he uh, was. was your DNA dealer. So he did. He introduced me, took me up to the Celium Terror that was being groomed, wow. introduced me, dropped off a kit, and the deal was done. 
There you go. My and goal, and it was goal your goal achieved. Done. It was and swabbing dog. So, but in the end, it was the dog pet name was Stash. Mm. Who won? It was just great. I did what I had to do. The show was a success. And you know what? I came back home and I said, I wish I could go back again there. <laughs> and so, all right. So, hard, hard hitting questions. What, what's the biggest difference between, you know, an American dog show and an Australian dog show? Because that's what the, you know, all the breeders that go to the Aussie shows, they want to know how, how is it different? Well, the one thing that stands out is the amount of dog tails and cropped ears wow you just every doberman every breed the man of dog de bordeaux you see sort of you see dogs that you just don't hear mm. i saw corded poodles i've never seen a corded poodle before so basically to see you know the the volume mm. you know you're talking about the states yeah know, where it's, it's just huge, under the, huge the french bulldog the numbers i saw, told of people that you know i saw a lot of the a lot of light fawn Frenchies you mm. see. I saw a couple of cattle dogs. But you look around and just the cropped ears on the Danes, the cropped ears on the... And is that because the, the standards are, are slightly different in the in America for the AKC? Because in the States, they just allow it to. Mm. It's interesting. You talk to a few people and they go, oh, you know, I don't agree with it, but it's 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 there. It's a standard in the yep. dog tail. So they were all a bit surprised when I was taking photos and going, you know, that's illegal. They're going, what? I go, yeah, it's illegal. Well, the Americans unlocked it. There's nothing. It's <laughs> not illegal here. We can it's do whatever we want. Outside a standard. And another thing that I sort of stood out, and I don't mean this in a... In a, in an offensive way, but they were just younger. So the new generation coming through in America. There was there was there was a, a younger crowd, younger exhibitors. Mm. The junior handlers was quite you know quite a large amount. Don't get me wrong, there were a lot of of the elderly, and in fact the best in show winner was you know over the seventy year old mark, and there were a lot of elderly. You see a lot of grooming mm. because it's a bench show. They're all. They all have to do something, mm. you know. If you if you if you're out of the ring at t- at twelve, you've got to hang around till five thirty. You've got to groom. You've got to be doing something. So, my question is, do we have any of these? You know, at the royal show, when you win or lose, can you go after you finish? I think you can. I think you can because you know people are, and I think the other thing is people have long drives as well. You know, in Australia, they're often coming from lots of different places. So that was going to be my other question for you. Were the people attending the show, were they all from Philadelphia? No, or, all over the all all, place. So they flew in or drove? RVs, RVs. RVs. Yeah, Nathan. It's not like us. The RVs, no one walks. In in US, everyone drives. Yeah. In fact, you know, okay. I was trying to walk around Philadelphia just to try. You can't drive. Everything's a road. <laughs> the, only, the only place you might walk and take public transport is is New York, mm. of course, and in San Fran, I would say 70% of the cars are Teslas, mm. and there's even driverless cars. You saw a driverless car I in San Francisco? Car. yeah. Wow, does it, have it, does it just look like a everyday car, or was it marked no, differently? It, it, it looks different, Yeah, but yeah. N- it's freaky because no one's in In fact, I think you'd like San Fran, Nath. I've That's been a, a little while ago, maybe oh, probably eight years ago, but I have been. It's it's always at it's near Silicon Valley. It's always at the totally. you know, the forefront so, of everything. I must tell you about this place that I checked into. I think it's one of the CMN ho- hotels that are run by a Dutch group. 
you check in without anyone there. In fact, the card that you print, mm. you do it off the computer. It's a plastic card that's sitting there. You put onto this reader and it gives you your room number. There is no one physically to check you in or check you out mm. everywhere you go. So here's another question, Nathan. I want you to give me an answer to this. Would you tip or not tip in this situation? I walk up to a oh, counter. Yeah, okay. There's an iPad there. I order coffee and a donut i order on the ipad it asks me tip and it automatically comes 10 percent, 15 percent, 25 percent. no one is serving me and then you get your coffee from someone who calls out your name or no tip oh see that's a tricky one because i think if you're thinking from an australian context you know you're thinking well you know they're doing their job that's just what they're there to do no one served me you know there's no tip needed but I think Americans have a different perception of it. It's almost like all of those baristas are getting paid like the minimum wage. So it's almost like the tip is just assumed. So I don't know. I would yeah, say no I, tip for Australia, but I reckon Americans would still be tipping. It's actually, you'd be surprised. It's the other way around. Really? I, I Please explain. And I will. I tipped and I was reluctant to. I was angry. I thought, well, but what is it? Who's serving me here? There's no one. I gave 10%. Mm -hmm. But then talking to Nora and Faith, oh, let me just shout out Nora and Faith who manned the Orivet booth. Faith, who is our breed, who is our show, uh, goes out to shows, and Nora, our breed success manager. Mm -hmm. They are a younger generation and they are not tipping. They're saying we shouldn't be tipping. Okay. So they're That's saying, so the, the, the thing is that in, you know, in 20 years time, there'll be no tipping. It's slowly being phased out. But what you've got to watch is sometimes you get a bill and it's already got a surcharge on there. Then they want you to tip as well. Yeah. the ti oh, I can't wrap my head around the tipping culture in the US. I feel like, yeah, you need to listen to the totally. locals. You need to. So according to some people I met, including my brother-in-law, he said, well, if you ask me, all tourists should tip. That's it. You want but the locals don't have to tip? Is that, is <laughs> that the way it is? Right. All you tourists should tip. And I thought, what? It's not. No, it's not. So yeah, it drove me crazy. And let me tell you, that was another thing you need to be mindful of. Current dollar makes the US quite expensive. Definitely. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's almost like you're, you're getting hit on the tip. You're getting hit on the exchange rate. It's... It's pretty yeah, yeah. I, look luckily you're paying I 10 ate, bucks for a coffee luckily i ate at uncle ted's and moa cafes you know when i was in new york i did sort of sort of step it up a bit because you have to you know and let me tell you it was 6.95 for a coffee that's us yeah that's 10 percent now that's close to 12 dollars. is that like a starbucks type of coffee no and that wasn't Just, starbucks that was into a proper cafe with wow. a cross some croissants were ten dollars <laughs> That is so pricey. here's another interesting thing and I want you to think about and I sort of posted this on my social media and it came in discussion when I was sitting at the media launch and people were talking about the cavoodles and the bordoodles. See, they call the cavoodle the cavapoo. Yeah, they've got a lot of different names. They've got cockapoo, yeah. cavapoo. And when I mentioned we called them cavoodles, I said, that sounds much better. <laughs> I do, and I agree. They... Anything with poo in the name, no thanks. After they, were, after they were sort of, so I was talking more about, oh, we've got bordoodles, and they're going, what, what's a bordoodle? 
And I said, we've got a sheep a doodle. What the, what's a sheep a doodle? They can believe how how progressive we are and with these developmental breeds. And my line to them was, I guarantee you, twenty years time, you'll be walking a Labrador down a street, and someone will stop you and go, "Excuse me, what breed's that?" Gosh, God, imagine a world. Ah, oh, you, you, re- you really that? think that? I'm telling. It's getting to the stage where no one knows. <laughs> Well, I, I hope not. But yeah, I mean, who knows this? Yeah, the way it's going, there's a proliferation of breeds out there. But I mean, Labradors, it's still hang, It's still the number one pure breed. Hopefully there is some, you yeah, know, look, love if, for the if, lab still there. Nath, if, we've, if we're counting guide dogs and customs dogs, you know, it could be masking the numbers a bit, you know, mm-hmm. you know shout out to Pauline Gill here is probably, yeah, yeah. you know, but it's... I read an article where the Cavoodle is now number one. So it's interesting. They don't. Yeah. They don't seem to accept the the developmental breeds. They, they sort of wanted me to know. They, they didn't know what a developmental breed was. I had to explain mm. to them. They the the US love their rescues. Yeah, it's still very. Yeah, I mean, rescue is very very popular. Is that saying you know rescue is my favourite breed? I've heard that totally, quite a few times. Totally. I've got an all American rescue. You know, with Bruce Springsteen playing in the background. So, it's you know, we here don't really have this huge emphasis on rescues, mm. whereas the US does. Mm. We have a really sort of, we have an up-and-coming developmental breed, Oodles, which is mm. very popular. They don't, but their traditional breeds are still sort of very popular, sound temperament, you know, all this. Yes. They do that really well. So, it's interesting. It was good to see mm. the people were nice, not that people here aren't mm. nice. As you know, most breeders love to chat, chat about their dogs, about mm. their breed. It was just great to see this huge event on this huge national sort of arena you know mic'd up so they asked me for what do i think would be something that would attract the younger people to a show so that's a great question because i think a lot of breeders are trying to work out how to make that generational jump you know you've got that you know those younger people, they're doing the junior handling. We did the episode on junior handling as well. Yes, yes. And it's, it's how, how do you, what, so, so what, did you, what did you learn? What did you say? Well, I was a bit, I was controversial. Okay. That's said, unlike you. Well, I said, <laughs> if, I was, if I was a youngster today and I was attending a dog show and I finished fifth or fourth or even second, I would like to know why. And I want my critique to be there, done, live mic'd up I, no youngster wants to come to a show be told they finish fifth and not know why now controversial because I don't it's think, then put I don't think that's controversial I, I, I think that's a great idea so do I but the controversy is then you're putting a lot of pressure on the judge to yeah. critique but at the same be, at the same time you know like it, it's true like a lot of people go to shows and they get very disheartened when it's you know they just a judge points and that's all the feedback you get. So, you know, I think when I was mentioning this, I was probably talking to judges. Mm. Hence, why there was a bit. Oh, well, they were a bit but hesitant. Could you could you could you imagine this event that was mic'd up and all they're talking about the dog is also having the judge cr- who's critiquing it, letting mm. you know why. Mm. And people think that's that's ridiculous. But don't let me let me suppose you another question. People go, oh, if this dog wins this week, it's going to win next week. I guarantee you it's not the case. Sometimes, Nathan, you wake up and you feel like, you feel like shit. It happens. Like shit. <laughs> you feel like shit. When you enter that catwalk, you're not going to win. 
So the same thing with the dog. If it gets up and it's just not it's on the wrong side well, of the dog's bed. The wrong, that's right. It's not going to win. Yeah. So it's all about that. All that comes into play. It's not just what it, you know, because it won last week, it's going to win this week. No, it could get up and just go, you know what, I'm having a crap day today. I think that's a good idea because it's like, like a live commentary. And then that way it, it creates more engagement. The owners know how to improve. Because, yeah, otherwise, you know, you're going to get disheartened if you keep going and you don't know how to improve. And so. youngsters youngst want to know why. Hmm. They will walk away if they're not told why the Uber generates. So that's what I hit them with. Now, it's obviously making its way around. I'm hoping <laughs> next year they will, they, will, they will add the Crocodile Dundee of Australia into the commentary, George. Yeah. Next to Jay and Peterman. Is, yeah, it's, it's Jay Peterman. That's right. I could be like Costanza. Yeah. That's great. What was he like? Oh, look, you couldn't get close to him. You know, the closest oh, I got was here. Well, he was in, yeah. Oh, David Fry was easy. He was chatting. He was very approachable. But, you know, but, you know, I sat, the closest I got was sitting having lunch with him while he was at the other table. You know, these sort of celebrities, they're hard to get into. Yeah, you know, that's get fair. Get to talk to. Yeah, you know, so. Well, but I mean, but really good event. Before I'm we wrap up. Next year, maybe yeah. you could come along, Nathan. I'd love that. Maybe we'll be, maybe, maybe the US for a market expansion. Totally. And, what about while I was over there? Controversy. Maybe we can talk about it in our new podcast. Next mm. podcast. Sorry. Okay. The the oodles at the Easter show. Yes, that's uh, coming up very soon. That's going to be interesting. I think that's a, that's a podcast on its own. It's a sure. podcast. And controversially, John Bryson name was flicked around too. We've got people that are yes, nay, maybe, think so. A lot of social media generated about. The Oodles are now going to have a... It's not going to be in the same, you know, calibre yeah, as the category. Show, and, category. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, best groom, best looking, best smile, but they're going to be at the Royal Easter show. I think, that, as you said, Australians can be very progressive. I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, you don't, you don't want to leave particular people out, out in the cold and it's creating a bit more of a, you know... Yeah. At least you're welcoming more people into Thank the dog you. world. I, but, I think... Yeah. Look, Without without revealing too much, I think very very clever by the Sydney Raw Show Committee. Whoever's sitting on that committee, very very clever. But you know we can talk about it because we might put up a debate: the yeses and the noes. Yeah, you I know, think it's I think it's uh, worth uh, a podcast. Is, is, the, is this show just riding off the piggyback of the traditional show? Mm. You know. That's yeah, what I'm I mean, thinking. I think, uh, look, at the end of the day, there's got to be a point where you have to move forward as a, as a you know, dog world. And I think it's good. I think you can't just keep doing the same things and expect the same results. I think you need to have a, you know, open up the pool. How many, you know, people have oodles these days? You know, I think, That's right. you know, you, they want totally. to feel represented too. And so, I can tell you, it will be a media frenzy. Yes, I'm... April next year, put it in your calendars. It's going to calendars. be very interesting. Huge. Maybe we could get you know Mr. Bryson on to talk about it. Yeah, it's a good idea. But I think yeah, Jill, before we wrap up, I, I do want to ask you because I think a lot of listeners will be interested. What were some breeds that you saw aside from some of the you know the the cropped and docked and, and those different types? Were there any breeds that you saw that you just don't see in Australia? Anything that you saw at the show where you were like, wow, we, do, we just don't see them down here? Look, I did list one. 
and it was the I'm trying to remember what it was and I put it on my social media and I, I posted it up there and I said anyone gets the breed first one to get it will be a full breed profile and to his credit Mr Adam Druce just leapt in and got it right within 10 seconds but he's an, he's an international judge why so bit of an advantage a, I'm trying to remember what it was it was it, you know when Oh, let me have a think. It was. It was. Well, you the, mentioned the corded poodle. That's still a poodle, but that's a yeah, bit more of an aesthetic. I, I, so the dog that I have never seen, and I thought it was a pharaoh hand, and I saw this young handler. Its name was Pistol, and her name was mm. Amber. Amber with Pistol. Pistol. She had this breed, and it was called the Cerneco del Etna. Cerneco so, del Etna. That sounds Italian. Is it? Let's have a look. Is it rare? Mm. They're a rare breed today with the American Kennel Club only recognising them in 2015. Mm, wow. And it is it is ranked as the, one of the rarest breeds. Wow, Amazing. interesting. Where does it come from? It's a hunting dog from the Mediterranean island of uh, Sicily. Wow, and I know exactly why that is, because of Mount Etna. There's a, I imagine that's one of the, the, the peaks, the mountains in Sicily. Yeah, you're right. It's the Etna volcano in Sicily. There you go. That's and my Italian roots because, coming out. Because I met Pistol and then next to her was another person who had a dog that I took a photo of. And it was, let me just find you some of this information. I took lots of notes, as you know, mm. the Pistol, which was Amber owned the Pistol. Then I had... So a lot of a lot of hairless those hairless dogs, the Zolos and mm, the, a lot of Sholos, yeah. Shirts, well, they are from, Shola. I mean, Mexican, so probably not too far geographically. Yeah, and then I met a lot of dogs which loved squirrels. You know, in here when you go, they love chasing possums. <laughs> yes, they go, they yes. Chasing squirrels. I'm just going through all my notes that I took. Oh on gosh. That. There was, you know, the top Zolo I met. There was. Solo, who was owned by Perry Payson, last year's Handler of the Year. A lot of, that's another thing yeah. I see, a lot handler of handlers, of a lot mm. of professional handlers, which yeah. we don't see here. Yeah, a bit of a split between a breeder and a handler. That's interesting Carson, trend. Carson owned the Great Dane. So, yeah, it was all, it Gosh. was just a yeah. lot of dogs. Just Amazing. Just couldn't keep up with, well, maybe, with all the photos. Maybe one day we'll see a televised dog show in Australia. Who knows? With commentary. Live, That'd be great. You know, Maybe we should package six. that and sell that to Channel 7. Nathan, we should. Forget the Dog Lovers show. This would be an event where we have some celebrities who actually com- a commentary and then it's, a, it's maybe live after some huge event here. I think it's so, a winner. Know, the, th- I'm trying to think of the equivalent of Thanksgiving Day in here and what do you think it is? I was trying to work it out. It's Australia mm. Day. Yeah, the yeah there could be. Could be. A lot of people right. are on holiday. They're off controversial because i did spend thanksgiving day in the u.s and i must Mm. say the beauty of thanksgiving day which my brother-in-law reminded me of it's a holiday you have that isn't tied to any religious or any national it's it's sort of just get together family day it's not an easter it's not a christmas Mm. it's not an anzac day it's got no it's not the king's birthday that's right (laughs) the king's birthday which makes sense So there we go, George. That can be our little project. We can work. We can work on separately, pitching it to the networks. Well, Rightball will be at the Canberra Royal this year again as one of the sponsors. So uh, anyone who's listening that's going to be in Canberra, looking forward to seeing you there. And then Nathan and I are going to work on this. We're going to pitch this event. Mm, there we go. Interesting. Watch this space. Yeah, I think people would love it. Totally.
Do you think commentary, judges mic'd up, and then you announce the best in show? And what happens to is no one knows the best in show until the TV event. Mm. You try and keep, you have to keep your lips sealed so it's not sort of, you know, because it's on the Saturday and then Thanksgiving Day was the Monday. So have a look at it. Great event. It, it was live. You can listen to it. Yeah, Great event. Watch George, will be, George will be out there next year. Thank you to everyone from the Philadelphia Kennel Club, in particular Steve Sansoni, who looked after me and made sure I had my water and food every day. Your chaperone. Brilliant. George, for taking us through it. I feel like we I was right there with you. And it's, you know, I think, yeah, you did a great job capturing all of the, the pomp and ceremony on your socials as well. For anyone who wants to have a look, you can check out the Oravet socials, some great photos there. Excellent. All right. Brilliant. Well, thanks for the recap, George. Good to have you back. Good to get you back on the pod. Thanks, everyone. Chat soon. See you later. See you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of What the Bark. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a five-star review if you enjoyed the podcast. You can visit rightpaw.com.au for your all-in-one place to find responsible, verified breeders. And you can visit oravet.com.au for all your pet genetic testing needs. Remember to stay positive and we'll see you in the next episode.